The text for this morning's sermon is 1 Thessalonians 5, the verses 12 and 13. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, this morning we're privileged to receive two elders and one deacon to serve in our midst. Office bearers are charged with the responsibility of caring for the members of Christ's flock. They are called by Christ to serve as his representatives in the church. The elders have been given responsibility to care for our spiritual well-being well, the deacons have been charged with caring for the more practical, everyday needs. So what kind of relationship should there be between office bearers and members of the congregation? How should they interact with one another? There are two extremes that need to be avoided. On the one hand, within Reformed churches, we must always beware of hierarchy. Office bearers need to recognize that they are servants of the great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. In their oversight over the congregation, this needs to be reflected. They are not to lord it over those entrusted to their care. On the other hand, the congregation needs to understand that office bearers have been given authority when they visit you, they come as ambassadors of Christ. They bring with them the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. They've been charged to comfort, to instruct, to encourage, and to admonish you on behalf of the Lord Jesus himself. The keys of the kingdom of heaven have been given into the hands of your elders because of this, you need to respect them. You need to submit yourselves to them. Our text teaches that we are to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. I preach to you God's word under the following theme. Paul teaches us to respect and love our office bearers because of their work. We'll see the work to which these men are called and the way in which these men are to be received. We are living in an anti-authoritarian age. In the world today, little respect is shown towards those in positions of leadership. Supplies both to our civil authorities as well as to our spiritual leaders. Part of that is due to the individualism of our day and age. We live in a society where many people think that they're in charge of their own lives and that no one else should ever be telling them what to do. You would think that things would be different in the church of Jesus Christ. 
that as redeemed and sanctified people, we would recognize that Christ has given our government's authority to rule over civil matters, that he's given elders charge over our souls. Beloved, do we respect our leaders and submit to them? Do we acknowledge our elders and deacons as under-shepherds of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we hold them in high regard because of their work? I think if we're honest with ourselves, we have to admit we don't always view our office bearers in the right manner. Think back to the words that you spoke prior to your last home visit or just after it. Were they upbuilding? What was your reaction when your elders asked personal questions about how you were faring in your relationship with the Lord or with family members or others around you? Did you want to tell them to mind their own business? Do we show our office bearers the honor and respect they are due? In our text, Paul exhorts us to respect those who labor among us. That word which our text translates respect literally means to know, to be acquainted with. Derived meanings are to recognize, to appreciate. Paul calls us to give proper recognition to our leaders. Why? Is it because they're such great guys? Is it because of the personal qualities that they hold? No, Paul gives a different reason. He points to the work that they do. In doing so, he indicates that they've been called to an office. The reason that you're called to respect your elders, to submit to them and obey them, even to love them, is that they've been called by Christ to serve in his church. Paul says, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you. The word translated labor is a term that's often used to describe hard physical work. It's used in Luke 5, verse 5, to describe how Peter and the other fishermen worked hard all, all night, casting nets into the water, dragging them back in and yet they caught nothing. This word is used by Paul in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 12, to describe how he worked hard with his own hands to support himself by making tents. The word used in our text denotes toil and strenuous work that results in weariness and fatigue. This word describes an integral part of our office bearer's task. It involves hard work, caring for members' spiritual welfare is often stressful work. It's time-consuming, it can be emotionally draining, at times it's discouraging, it requires a great deal of personal dedication and sacrifice. Let's not forget that our office bearers carry other responsibilities as well. Most often they have commitments to their daily work. 
Whether self-employed or working for a boss, they have full-time day jobs that keep them busy. Most of our office bearers are husbands and fathers. They've made marriage vows. They've similarly made promises around the baptismal font. Besides all their other responsibilities in life, our office bearers are called to serve as representatives of Christ. The deacons are called to show mercy to the needy. The elders have been called to keep watch over our souls. You see, beloved, we're all involved in a spiritual battle in which Satan is working hard to turn us away from the Lord. Your office bearers serve as Christ's earthly representatives to encourage and support you and help you in your walk with God. They take that responsibility seriously. It's true that we as office bearers do our our work with weaknesses and with shortcomings. We try to do it faithfully, knowing that we will have to give account. The fact that office bearers are responsible to the Lord and that they will have to give account to him is clear from Ezekiel 34. The Lord tells Ezekiel to prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. The Lord pronounces woe on them because they've acted in an irresponsible way. The shepherds of Israel preyed on the flock. They ate the fat and clothed themselves with the wool. The Lord brings this charge against them. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not, so- have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. The result was that the flock was scattered because there was no shepherd to care for them. The Lord says he's against these unfaithful shepherds, that he will hold them accountable for his flock. In the face of a lack of proper leadership in Israel, the Lord promises to be the shepherd of his people. He says, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he's among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered. The Lord speaks about how he will feed them with good pasture. He says, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I will seek the lost, I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. There is a particular way in which the Lord promises to redeem his people. It becomes clear from Ezekiel 34, verse 23. The Lord promises, I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. In the days of Ezekiel, David's kingship had already passed. Here the Lord promises to send the Messiah, the great son of David, to rule over his people with justice and equity. Jesus would come as the good shepherd of his flock. He would save his people from their sins and misery. He would deliver them from the power of the evil one. The Lord Jesus Christ has done that. He came to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed. With his death and resurrection, Jesus has conquered sin and Satan. Today, Jesus rules over his church, 
from heaven above, where he's seated on the throne at the Father's right hand. Through the apostles, he appointed elders and deacons in each local church. Their task is to serve as the earthly representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ has charged them with the keys of the kingdom of heaven. With the responsibility to care for the souls of his people, Christ has also given elders authority. Our text calls us to recognize those who are over you in the Lord. The Greek word can be translated to have charge over, to lead, preside, manage, govern, support, or care for. It's from Christ himself that elders receive authority to lead and guide us. Now, obviously, this authority needs to be used properly. Jesus made this clear to his disciples when they quarreled about who would be the greatest. He said to them in Luke 22, 25 to 26, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. Here, Jesus warns against those who would abuse the authority given them. In the world, rulers often exercise authority in a manner that benefits them. It's easy for those in power in positions of power, to use that power to enrich themselves. At times, those in power will use their authority to promote their own agenda. And many civil leaders do not recognize the fact that they've been entrusted with authority to allow them to serve those under their care. Yet that should be different in the church. Our office bearers are being called to office by God. They're ultimately responsible to Him. Office bearers have been given authority that they may serve as under-shepherds of Jesus Christ. A shepherd's task is to feed and nurture the sheep. It's to tend the weak, to gather the strays. It's important to understand the nature of the authority of elders. Elders have been given authority precisely so that they might effectively serve those under their care. Our office bearers may not require us to live according to their rules and regulations. The standard must always be what Christ, our Master, requires of us in His Word. The Bible is the ultimate standard for doctrine and life. Our office bearers need to use God's word to comfort, encourage, warn, and admonish us. It's normally not a problem for us to receive comfort, encouragement, and direction from our elders. Yet often we're not nearly as receptive to their warnings and their admonitions. Yet, beloved, part of the task of elders is to admonish us when we sin to warn us when we're going astray. Paul specifically mentions this aspect of an elder's task in our text. He calls us to respect those who are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Now, no one likes to be told that he's doing wrong. We don't like to be held accountable to God's standards 
When our sinful flesh leads us in a different direction. Paul urges us to recognize our leaders also when they admonish us. It's one of the most difficult tasks that elders face. It's hard to confront someone and tell them they're not living according to God's commands. Please understand why elders will address you when you're living a sinful lifestyle. It is because they've been charged to call straying sheep back to the flock. It's because they will have to give account for your soul to master Jesus on the final day. When elders warn us and admonish us, we need to recognize the voice of the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, calling us to repentance and life. In our first point, we've seen the work to which elders are called. They've been given charge over your souls to lead you on the pathway of life. In our second point, we'll see the way in which elders are to be received. After calling us to recognize our elders because of their labors among us, our text goes on to tell us how we are to receive them. In verse 13, the Lord calls us to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Paul urges us not to respect them just a little bit. He exhorts us to hold them in the highest regard, to esteem them very highly. The Lord cares about how we treat those who are in authority. Romans 13 verse 7 teaches us that we're not just to obey, but also to honor and respect our civil leaders. Acts 23 tells us about the time when Paul was taken by the Roman authorities and brought before the Jewish ruling council. When Ananias commanded those standing next to Paul to strike him on the mouth, Paul called him a whitewashed wall. He labeled him as a hypocrite because while called to judge him according to the law, he broke the law by commanding him to be struck. Those standing near Paul asked, Would you revile God's high priest? Paul responded, I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest. For it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. If the disobedience and ingratitude of people towards their civil leaders concerns God deeply, imagine how great his concern is that his people properly Honor their spiritual leaders. Our natural tendency is to criticize our leaders for their weaknesses and shortcomings. It's easy for us to take our leaders for granted, to forget what they've done for us. So often we complain instead of being thankful. We highlight our office bearers' shortcomings and disregard their faithful service. God gave Israel some of the greatest leaders in human history. Men like Moses and David. Yet during difficult times, the people were ready to stone Moses. In the rebellion of Absalom, David fled from Jerusalem with the curses of one of Saul's descendants ringing in his ears. The Lord Jesus himself was despised and rejected by his own people. 
Despite all his love and care for the lost sheep of Israel, they hung him from a cross to die a bitter and a shameful death. It's because of our ingratitude. It's because of our complaining spirit that Paul exhorts us to hold our spiritual leaders in the highest regard. To the command to esteem them very highly, Paul adds the words, in love. We usually emphasize the importance of shepherds loving the flock. Yet in our text, Paul turns the tables and commands us to love our shepherds. To Paul, love is the glue that holds leaders and congregation together through all the disagreements and all the hurts of congregational life. Now, beloved, no group of office bearers is perfect. All elders and deacons have their own weaknesses and shortcomings. Every believer has his own idea about how office bearers should function. As a result, there's always some degree of tension between leaders and followers. Even the best office bearers are inevitably accused of pride, of poor judgment, of doing too little or too much, of moving too slowly or too quickly, of changing too much or not enough, of being too harsh or too passive. No matter what they do, the exercise of the elders' authority is bound to provoke resentment among some. When you examine the controversies that arise in congregational life, most often they're not caused by differences over essential matters. Often the source of the problem is pride or jealousy or an unwillingness to submit to the authority of another. The point is not that elders are perfect or that they always make flawless decisions. Far from it. Yet believers who love their shepherds will have greater understanding and tolerance for their shepherds' mistakes. In love, we will view difficult situations in the best possible light. In love, we become less critical and more responsive to elders' instruction and admonition. Cannot be emphasized enough that the best thing a congregation can do for its leaders is to esteem them very highly in love. When Paul commands us to esteem our leaders very highly in love, he again adds a few words. He adds the words, because of their work. It's because of their work that we're called to esteem and love our elders. In the first place, it's not the person, but the office that's in view. Elders and deacons are representatives of Christ. They're to be loved because of their work and not necessarily because of their personal qualities. Those who care for us in difficulties, who handle our complaints, who referee interpersonal conflicts, who confront sins, who encourage us to a greater maturity in Christ, are to be esteemed in love because of the difficult task that they fulfill. 
Beloved, let me tell you that it's most often a privilege and a joy to serve in the offices in the church. Office bearers are allowed a personal glimpse into the lives of members of the congregation. They often share our greatest joys and help us through our greatest struggles. Being in the front lines of the battlefield is at times immensely rewarding. Office bearers get to see how the Lord performs his mighty work in the lives of his children. They witness the strength the Lord provides to those who are weak. The faithfulness with which God allows his children to persevere in times of trouble. Elders and deacons are often different people by the time they complete a term of office. In the execution of their office, the Lord allows them to grow spiritually. In giving, they often receive very much in return. Paul concludes our text with the words, Be at peace among yourselves. At first glance, these words seem out of place. And yet they have everything to do with Paul's call to respect and love our office bearers because of their work. It's not easy to live at peace, even with fellow Christians. Satan does all he can to create fighting and division among God's people. As Christians, we often help him by acting in pride and selfishness rather than humility and love. There's nothing more disruptive to the work of the church than internal strife. That's why Paul concludes his exhortation by calling us to be at peace. Beloved, we all have the same goal in life, to praise God in all our words and works, to seek the coming of his kingdom and the doing of his will. We're all united in the same faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Each of us is a member of the same body of Christ's church. We're all called to use our gifts and talents for the benefit and the well-being of the other members. Paul says in Romans 14, 19, So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. It's by living at peace with one another that we can support and encourage each other on the way of everlasting life. This morning we received two elders and one deacon to serve in our midst. They're called to serve as ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth. Their task is to shepherd us, to watch over our souls, recognize them because of the work they do among you, pray for them regularly in your homes. Esteem them highly in love because of their work. Allow them to work among you in peace. Then the Lord will also bless this, his congregation, here at Redeemer. For Christ uses the faithful service of office bearers to preserve his church until the day of his return. 
May he grant us faithfulness and love that we may persevere until that great day. Amen. Let's respond to the gospel message by rising and singing from Psalm 107, stanzas 1 and 12. Thank you. 